hey, this is a little ways out, but I want to let you know uh, the show is unfortunately going to end when we run out of REM albums to talk about. Uh, that will be the end of this show. However, we will finish everything up with another Letters episode. Uh, we're going to be recording that toward the end of September. That is the plan right now. So if you have any letters, any responses to things that we have said, stories about REM and the way that it fits into your life, uh, consider going over to duckfeed.tv slash contact and sending those in so we can feature them in our farewell celebration. Once again, that is duckfeed.tv slash contact. Thank you. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to File Underwater, where we try to convince you that R.E.M. is America's hottest adult contemporary band. It's summertime hot. Uh, <laughs> here we are talking about the album Reveal, which was released, uh, strangely for them, uh, in May of uh, 2001. Uh, normally, their albums come out um, either in the fall or the kind of early spring. They're a cold weather band. Mm-hmm. But now... Now that the boys of summer are back, <laughs> the crack of the bat, REM has taken the taken the field. Hope summer's uh, eternal. <laughs> Here comes Mills up to the tee, <laughs> and it, uh, yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about reveal. Uh, my my last REM album. Mm. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, this was produced uh, with uh, Pat McCarthy again. We talked we talked about it last time. Yeah, um, he is around. Yeah, and, and it was uh, uh, produced and recorded kind of intentionally to be very, um, let's find a neutral term for this, uniform. Yes, they made it to be the kind of album I don't like. <laughs> they, Even they, though I do, they, I do like this album, but they, they were like, oh, what is the type of REM album that Gary doesn't like? Let's do yeah, that. Yeah, and so let's take a moment here to say that an intentional decision doesn't mean it's a good decision. Yes. Um, I very much like this album, Um, but, uh, you know, it's not going to play for everybody. And a lot of the reviews of the album commented specifically on this, that it does kind of fade into the background and doesn't grab you even in the way that certain songs on Up do, right? I think that I, yes. Yeah. And it's hard for me to think of that as a positive. Right. Like this thing Stipe said that is by design. Um, I like it when I can find an album that I can put on and leave on through dinner or throughout a party. Um, that is one of the most damning things I think you can say about art. <laughs> like doesn't, you know, I mean, there's a difference between like ambient music, you know, that's mm-hmm. designed to be non-obtrusive. Right. But that's not, to me, that's just not pop music. You know, right. like it is, it is very weird to do rock or pop, uh, music and have the idea be, you don't notice it. Right. Um, you know, I know, I know that's not what's going on here, but it always feels like that's the kind of thing people say. Um, like a lot of the things that you can say about reveal feel like, uh, like apologist kind of material. So like something like that sounds like something you would say after an album turned out to be boring when it wasn't intended to be boring. (laughs) Or another thing that's said about this album a lot is like, oh, and this is also true of up is like it rewards like repeated listens. Yeah. That's, um, that's always code to me. Yeah. A little bit. I agree. Like, like the, the, that is, that is true in a lot of my own personal experience. I don't think that should be like the, um, prerequisite. You know, like, because what that does is it put the onus on the listener to say, hey, you aren't working hard enough. Yes. Um, it, it's, 
I read this somewhere and I can't remember where, but it's like it's code for the people who made this shouldn't have made like couldn't have made something this bad. Mm-hmm. Like this has too much pedigree to actually be bad. So it has to be something that like you have to work for really hard. Yeah. You know, it, it can't just be like a little bit you know underwhelming, which is like as much as I do. I mean, I do like this album, like underwhelming is a good word for it to my yeah. mind. Yeah. I get over, I get I get underwhelmed or whelmed often as opposed to getting kind of overwhelmed or like excited. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think that they maybe kind of fail at what they're, what, what they set out to do because there are songs with, you know, different and good ideas. There are strange songs on this and ones that I think stick out and shine very brightly the way they mm-hmm. accomplish that kind of like slow fade. And so this is something I mentioned in the last episode is that they, cease either beginning or ending a song at the moment of highest interest and feel yes. like structurally they have to, you know, work up from nothing, build out um, each individual part of a song, let it rise to this climax where everything can express itself as clearly as it does. And then kind of like let it peter out so they can build up from nothing on the next one. I feel like there's way yes. too much um, lift off and, you know, wheels down on this. 100%. Um, that, that's very astute. And the way that this, um, articulates itself to me is that I don't remember that I like a song until I'm a minute into it. <laughs> right. Like I will hear a song like, um, and, th- and that's going to tie into another kind of flaw to this, which is, I think that like lyrically and kind of subject matter wise, I think it's pretty weak. Hmm. So you look at something like beat a drum, which it's, it's, you know, is a name that is hard for me to like attach something to. Right. And I actually do like that song quite a bit. Yeah. It just begins like four or five other songs on reveal <laughs> until it gets to the part that I like. Right. You know, so it, it does build that build up that kind of, uh, you know, it, it's a lot of rising action mm-hmm. uh, in story terms. Like it's like expositional. Yeah. You know, it's an expositional album. Um, it's like, um, <clears throat> it's like the C it's like season 10 of the Simpsons too, mm-hmm. where it's like a lot of the things I think are going to be real problems with REM and the next album are on, on display here. They're just not as bad. Right. You know, and that is such a, like, it's true of this. It is so bad and around the sun. Um, it's just going to get way, way worse before it gets better. Yeah. Like, like um, all of those songs spend their entire time rising, but they never actually hit. They never height. get anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Those songs don't, don't, they, they Q-tip never shows up. Q-tip's going to get here. Like, you know, the, the classic REM album at Camp Q-tip. Um, yeah. You know, and if it sounds like I'm being harsh, um, I probably am like, you know, this is an album that has very fundamental problems to it. It's hard for me to say this isn't a great album. I mean, great, great might be a little bit strong. I, this holds a special place in its pantheon because this was the first new REM album that came out after I had really started paying attention to them. Mm. Like I anticipated this. I watched the like video premiere reveal where the entire thing was revealed. Sorry. Um, their unveiling of this where they were, you know, like talked about the entire you know, the entire production of imitation of light before showing you the final thing. Like I was very much like wrapped up and like listening to this when it came out. And like, this was, you know, fuck, why am I writing like headlines? This was a re- like a, like a revelation for me, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I just, I, and at this point I had moved on yeah. largely, yeah. you know, even, even REM that now I've grown to appreciate more was, you know, less appealing to me than a lot of like indie stuff I was getting into. Yeah. The two, time this came in. Like 2001 my t- and early two thousands were a great time for that stuff anyway. Like that was a tremendous time in music to be fixated on this. Yes. Yeah. Um, it just, yeah, it, it was, I had just, I, 
know, hadn't moved on to like new rock and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, which is part of the reason why this had sold so poorly, but I was just not in, not as into what they were putting down. Yeah. Um, a lot of those structural problems though, because I'm, I'm coming at it, um, in the context of this podcast and stuff do stand out to me. I don't have, I have negative nostalgia, but relatively positive in comparison, re-listening, mm-hmm. you know, and it sounds like it's, you know, probably if not the opposite, at least, you know, very, very, very positive nostalgia for you. Uh-huh. And then probably slightly less positive re-listening, mm. you know, because were you cognizant of those problems when you first listened to oh, it? Like, no, were I, you was like, no, I was nowhere near that critical back then. Yeah. I, you know, you know, so, I was 14 when this came out. <laughs> like, right. So it's it's hard. It's hard to see kind of structural issues like that when you're yeah. enamored, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I just, uh, for, for me, I don't, you know, it's, it, I, this is either a superpower or a critical failing for me where like I can acknowledge the, like, like, like the shitty stuff while still holding on you know, to the, to, to that other stuff. So like the, the good stuff is not tarnished by, by noticing the ways that this falls down structurally, especially in compared to a close look at other things. It doesn't, it doesn't, one doesn't wash out the other, but it does, it just, you have to sit through the yeah. the failings. Yep. So it's, you're never not going to go through it. You know, it doesn't mean that I don't think this is a good album. It's just like to get to the, those, the good stuff. Like I have to sit through some kind of bad stuff, uh-huh. you know, it doesn't mean you know, I'm still sitting through it. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's a, it, that's very something very similar to something you said when we did our Metal Gear Solid two episode to watch out yeah. fireballs and like do you do you just like uh go into like a fugue state during that? Like how do you how do you live during the period where you're you're engaging with things that are bad? I, I, I wake up uh two blocks over and covered in blood. Um, yeah, and, and just like wow, the ending of Metal Gear Solid two is great. You know, at the end or just like and you just you know, like you know, wake up the next day and like, you know, with uh, uh, wearing your pants backwards on the roof and you're like, man, reveal is awesome. You know, and, yeah. and <laughs> well, of course, and the ring is underrated. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like you're having, you're having blackouts. Yeah. No, no. I'm like, I'm, I'm there and I'm engaged. But I think that I think that there that there is this weird compartmentalization that happens where like I'm experiencing the thing in the moment and it's in this like little sandbox before it is sifted later. Um, and I just realized uh, I described my mind like it was a fucking litter box. Litter box. Yeah. But that's, <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like a sandbox in like the, uh, uh, like the software, uh, kind of sense, oh, like, okay. a, like, a, like a place where things go to be looked at and then, and, and you know, and, and then separated. Right. Mm. So, yeah. um, and I, I generally don't feel things very strongly in the moment unless it is like explicitly something that is transcendent that breaks that. Yeah. I mean, so. I, I guess I, I can, I can see that what it, what it ends up being for me is like, you know, I am when with music specifically, like I specifically, like I, I tend to be fairly, fairly active about it. Not always in every element. So it's not uh-huh. always, I'm not always paying super close attention to lyrics, but it's very hard for me not to be like engaged mm-hmm. at any given moment. It's not just about the reflection. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's about the process. Like what is the, what is the value proposition of listening to reveal again? Like I'm going to get those parts that I love. But there's going to be some parts that I, that I don't like. And there are tons of albums I just like front to back. Yeah. You know, that I don't have to kind of make that trade off for. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing for everything I'm saying also applies to Up. Yes. You know, to make this less of like a, a Gary Cole grudge match between like <laughs> your, I was, your I was hoping, first REM album and, and, you, and this one. Like, yeah, yeah. I was hoping this episode wouldn't turn into that. And I don't think it is going to because I think we have very similar kind of appraisals of this. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's more about a general like kind of conception of mixed works yeah yeah. you know it's just it's it's hard for me not to like i think that it is generally good in a critical space to look at the most interesting things some you know something does Mm -hmm. 
and and talk about that. But and there's also a part of it that is going to be like in what we've done with the network and stuff. It's always experiential. Oh, for sure. It's yeah. always going to be like, what's it like to experience this? Yeah. And and you can't to me, I can't ignore like the speed bumps that like yeah. are very, very part and parcel of experiencing this. Yeah, I think I think, you know, like we we've been working together for almost six years now. Um, and something, you know, just like that, that amount of time, you know, even, even that long is not enough to get over certain kind of communication barriers. I don't believe that the high highs of this make up for the bad, you know, like, like, like the bad parts, mm-hmm. um, similar in the way that I don't think the bad parts of this mar the high highs, you know, um, mm-hmm. is, uh, is, is the problem. Like I can look at those separately and then assign a, like a, like, like a, a, a different score to the combination. You know, if we're looking yeah. at this in terms of like quantification, like I think that I, I think that 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 separation works both ways is 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 the way that it is the way that it holds out for me. And that, that makes sense. I just think that there are albums where we have to do less of that. Oh, yeah. So it becomes it becomes less friction. You know, it, it's 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 not as full of friction when I don't have to spend as much time compartmentalizing things that I think are artistic mistakes versus mm-hmm. things I think are artistic successes. Yeah. You know, it's like it's it's work for me. Mm-hmm. Like to to appreciate art and be like, you know, Krusty's going to get here, so, you know, in, in like a shuttle run, yeah, kind of you know over and over and over, yeah. Um, um, there, which there, is what there, a lot of the experience of this feels, you know, ends up feeling like to me. There, there, there's also like you know like a, like a great deal of history for this to me too, where it's hard for the three or four listens that I did to this album to overwrite my experience of this in the past, where like I could skip maybe the last two minutes of the lifting uh drop uh summer turns to high entirely like mm-hmm. you know like the, like this the, this was an album that i kind of like jumped around on and listened to actively you know my my mode of listening to music forever was to sit down with the liner notes and, and read the lyrics as they as they went on you know like it was an experience that i could shape as opposed to sitting down and tearing apart every every different one i understand those are different different tasks and different modalities that you have to have um, mm. you know, and you can't let one substitute for the other when you're doing it. Um, but you know, that latter one where you are picking it apart is exactly what I intend to do for this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I'm not trying to convince you not to like it either. No, I just, no. I'm just trying to understand, you know, how it can be something that like has these things and not come away feeling like it's a mixed bag. Oh, I, you know, oh, like, yeah, it, I, I feel like it's a mixed sounds, bag. You know, yeah. damning. You know, but a mixed bag still has good stuff in it. Yeah. You know, like it, it, it's not all peanuts in your in your mixed nuts. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, like you, I, I, like I, a, you're still going to get cashews. I, I still I still eat trail mix every every day, you know, and like, yeah, I'm going to go for it for the for the cashews, even though raisins not my favorite thing. Yeah. But yeah. There, there's you know, this album isn't all raisins, but like, you know, there is an element of this that it's like a mixed bag that I feel like is a little bit of like a great value trail mix <laughs> where like there's maybe a few too many peanuts and raisins. Yeah. It doesn't mean that there aren't. Those delicious little, you know, sesame stick things and <laughs> and cashews and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's a weird, it's a weird trail mix we we described, and we didn't go for the the M M&M, and M, which is like the most obvious. Like it, it, it you know, really is. I, I yeah. I'm generally like I, I I'm not going to turn down an M M&M. and M. I don't want to mm-hmm. rejoice in the presence presence of M and M's, mostly because that bit on the office where Michael uh, is going through and picking all the M M&M, and M and M's out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't, uh, yeah, I'm not going to rejoice either at the presence of an M&M. <laughs> <laughs> wake up, there's a single M&M in the middle of my kitchen surrounded by a little of light. And just, like, but, like, but let's all just acknowledge that, yes, trail mix has M&Ms. It's not the most healthy thing, but they're in there. And yeah. you know, there's, so- there's candy in, in your work. 
yeah. as well. And there's candy in this too. It just what the percentages is, is all we're like kind of debating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause we both agree there are good things. And if, if we had just kind of a fun kind of thing to do for this podcast, that's too late to do would have been like in the first episode, be like, okay, one sentence on each album before we actually revisit <laughs> and then go back and compare. Yeah. And go back and, oh, and compare. It would be which, so different. It would be so would be different, different, Gary. Cause like, like, like automatic for the people's great. And then, it, <laughs> and I would have been like reveal sucks. You know, like I would, I, I had a very negative opinion of this before I revisited it uh-huh. and I'd be able to see the M and M's for the peanuts. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, it just, uh, uh, mistakes of the past are in the past, but, um, I think that's still there. I think that you you know, might even notice when we cast forward, because like when I talk about stuff that's coming up, I haven't listened to it yet. Like I haven't re-listened. I haven't listened to Accelerate beyond just some singles in probably five years. It's a little bit rough, man. Like it's it's not uh, it's not around the sun rough, but like yeah. it's, it's not a great listen. It's on the road. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's Tim Machine. It's a Tim Machine record. <laughs> um, so this one, though, let's, let's talk about Reveal and kind of what shaped it. And yes. like what's interesting, I know that this is in some ways getting off track, but what's interesting about it, the reason why I was talking about generalities with this album is that in doing reading about the production of it, um, the weaknesses I think this album have feel like they're endemic to the production. Oh yeah. Which is like <laughs> a band that is not challenged. Right. Like this, is this was a too, too frictionless of a, a experience for them that resulted in an album that doesn't feel like it struggles up against anything or mm-hmm. does a lot. That's like super interesting. Yeah. You know, or at least like, yeah, not doesn't stretch a whole lot. I'm happy that you made, made that point because this does read and listen, you know, as a band that is not hungry anymore. Yeah. Like the, you know, there's no more punk. This is so far from reckoning. <laughs> like this, this is so far from like that, you know, kind of raw, you know, uh, chronic town. Right. feeling that that we we talked about like no. this is about as far as you can get from it until you get to the floor and get out a shovel and find a bunch of unsold copies of around the sun <laughs> buried in a vault right yeah um and we, when we say that you know it, it it man the production of this was incredibly relaxed like you you read this and say oh i'm so happy they had a good time like oh mm-hmm. well that shouldn't be the way that you react to this yeah <laughs> like, you know like we, we make we make jokes about the marge simpson thing like oh all that matters is that everybody had fun well no it matters the product kind of like i'm mm-hmm. happy they didn't break up after up and i'm happy they used that you know to have their i don't know like adam sandler didn't make never made great movies but um once he started using those as an excuse to take vacations it mm-hmm. really showed <laughs> yeah yeah the, too fun yeah like it's or, or it's the reason why like the oceans 12 yeah you know or something like that where it's just kind of like yeah i'm sure these actors like had a good time but this is too slight yeah you know too too fun so th- this is um you know again that intentionality is in, in uh intentional mm-hmm. um they or that uniformity rather mm-hmm. um and they decided that they had this kind of unrestricted recording se- session or schedule so that the pressure wouldn't repeat they would not feel any kind of like you know, again, any kind of uh, hungriness. Right. Like, so, like, you know, that like there, there is no advancing deadline. There's no external pressure. Um, even if, you know, in the past they were a big enough band to say, well, fuck it. It's done when it's done. Um, but they decided for themselves, like, yes, we're going to make commitments and limit ourselves like this. No, they didn't have any deadlines. They just said what gets done gets done. And right. that is, uh, 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 you know, to become parodies of ourselves. Um, you know, a decision that springs from extreme privilege. Yeah. Yeah. Great art comes from restriction. Right. And comes from the, from the, you know, doesn't come from that generally. Right. Like you can just do whatever you want and take as long as you want to do it mm-hmm. is not how any of the best, anything got made. No, no. You know, 
Um, and a lot of this feels like it was a concession to Michael Stipe. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who was like literally like he he describes it as like chasing the sun or like following the sunrise, right? Which is him uh, recording whenever he kind of feels like it, larking on off to Europe uh, <laughs> to go spend you know a couple weeks to clear his head, then coming back and writing a couple more lines. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. Uh, must be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so they rehearsed this in Athens and then the backing tracks were done mostly in Vancouver, um, which again, another city they had on their list. It was a nice, uh, way for like Peter Buck and those other, you know, kind of second tier people, your Ken's string fellow, uh, to be able to drive back to see their families on the weekend. Yeah. Um, while Michael Stipe's overdubs, um, and all the lyrical writing took place, uh, during the summer in Dublin, um, they mm. had kind of set up this mobile pro tools rig. And, you know, again, he would record for a while and then go off to, you know, reset and then come back. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then they end up having an orchestra kind of join in in Dublin yep. at the end. Um, so, you know, uh, and that's it as far as like strum and drang out the recording. Yeah. Like there's none. Like it's just kind of like, yeah, this was as easy as it got, you know, <laughs> um, we did it. We, 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 we butted heads and missed deadlines. Well, let's get rid of any friction and then also get rid of all deadlines. Yeah. And, and this is, this is kind of what that, you know, ends up being, um, they wanted, so, uh, specifically said he wanted to record like a, a summer record that kind of reflected his love of warm weather and the promise of summer. Yeah. Uh, comes through like it came yeah. out during the summer. Like I listened to this on a summer break. Uh, it's nice to know that even that observation that I had when I was that young still holds, still holds true. Like it mm -hmm. was this weird form of vindication, not that it's subtle or anything but like yeah it's it's got a different feel um you know and it kind of basks in this beach poisiness uh in a way that goes above and beyond even uh uh what is it at my most beautiful yeah yeah depend yeah and some of the songs definitely kind of push that even even kind of further yeah um and then that like you know plays into the cover as well the covers this photograph of a field um which type did his shadows in it yeah. as well uh, um, gary how being... cool is that field it's a good, it's, it's like it's type in a cool field is how I imagine it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we didn't really talk about it, but I, uh, in the last episode, but I like the cover of up actually, oh, I yeah. wish it didn't had some kind of different font choices, mm -hmm. but the color theory on, on display there is actually really excellent. I think. Yeah. Yeah. This, um, here this... as well. Like this, this is a very nice, like palette. Mm -hmm. I love I the, uh, the REM logo on that, like mm -hmm. that it has the sun with the halo behind it and behind the REM shadow, uh, that is kind of could be encasted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, very good. Mm -hmm. um, they also uh, did this thing again, just kind of, um, you know, with this kind of anything goes methodology for this, where they gave the songs uh, to different artists to give them, have them remix it. Right. Uh, for um, an album awkwardly titled R.E.M.X. Yes. <laughs> R.E.M. 9. R.E.M.I.X. Yes. It is. Uh, I haven't really found those. Those are harder to find online. And I mm -hmm. couldn't find a Wikipedia entry on it even. No. Um, you're, I mean, I found a Wikipedia. I couldn't find like YouTubes of it because you look up remixes, you know, you don't find necessarily this. It's, um, it's strange because like this was kind of an opening salvo to get their music out to a lot of new people. Like they released this for free on their website. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, the album, you know, there's the people really took, I've been high. <laughs> uh, as a thing to 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 remix for that bad so boy it's, it's a fine song maybe not four remixes in a row fine <laughs> whenever rem gets remixed it's always weird yeah um, when i was looking for this trying to find this on youtube i found uh this hilarious club mix of uh the great beyond 
Oh, wow. That's almost unrecognizable, except just the lyrics come through every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. And it's so bad. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that, that, that horn, that dance mix from Document. Oh, and yeah. The, the like, finest work song. Yeah. Yeah. Every, everything, like the finest twerk song in the, <laughs> uh, the dance remix version. The, um, <laughs> like, but the, this That's whole, really like, dumb, inter- Gary. <laughs> that was kind of good. The, yeah. um, this intersection of, yeah. <laughs> this intersection of REM and dance music mm-hmm. or like remix culture is never gets unawkward. Right. Like, you know, from, from that finest work song mix to radio song to that song with Q-tip to I'm going to DJ at the end of the world. Like this whole, <laughs> this fascination that Michael Stipe has with this, like uh-huh. never fits with the band ever. It feels like such a, like, like a bizarre authenticity play that comes off so tenured. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, okay, grandpa, like, you know, chill, chill out. Like, what are you going to DJ at the end of the world? <laughs> like, is it like all Patty Smith songs? And like, yeah. you know, no, um, that's, um, yeah. I don't know. Like it feels like they were hoping to uh to 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 run DMC Aerosmith themselves a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like looking for yeah. some kind of crossover hit. Um yeah, I don't know. It's extremely weird. Yeah. Extremely weird. Um so this album came out um generally uh relatively well reviewed, but they there's some mix going on. Like some of the things we talked about earlier that like this is dinner mix, dinner mm-hmm. music, you know? Yeah. Um came through in reviews as well. Yes. So it's like, you know, you know, things like Rolling Stones and stuff. Very, very kind. Things like The Guardian, like way less kind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the book that we both read, um, Perfect Circle, um, kind of has an axe to grind about this actually like, oh, if you listen to this in Europe, it's very, very good. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, and like that is probably very much true. Like it makes a point of saying like, oh, review, you know, most of the bad reviews happen to come out of the U.S. Yeah. And and they they talk about that because it it didn't uh, it sold okay like it you know uh, entered the chart to number six which is pretty low for them right but you know that's okay but they didn't uh, it, it actually didn't sell okay it did okay in the charts initially but sold pretty bad right um and they they keep they keep doing fractions where it's like two thirds of the people who listen to monsters listen to adventures in hi fi and two thirds of those people went on to up yeah and stuff. And uh, they're talking about why and that that part in the book where they're talking about that axe to grind is interesting because, um, you know, the people in the REM camp, as much as they want to play it, not caring, mm-hmm. um, all have excuses for this. Yeah. Um, and the one that I think resonates the best is that idea that like, you know, radio rock. There's a very sad like factoid in that where Warner Brothers biggest hit ever was the Linkin Park album that came out in mm-hmm. 2001. It was the number one rock record that year and sold, you know way more than REM did in the, like the last, like forever. Right. You know, it was huge, huge, huge hit. So they're just not in the zeitgeist. Whereas like other parts of the country or other parts of the world rather are not as interested in your Lincoln part nonsense. Right. Right. At the moment, which is probably true. They don't have a good look about it though, because they're, they're so insecure and kind of mewling about it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that promotional thing that was released from this. That's like call literally <laughs> called not bad for no tour <laughs> that has their sales, international sales figures on it. Yeah. It's very We're tr- so good boys. Very Trumpy like, kind of move. Um. Totally, yeah. Like you know, we won the popular vote. Like, you didn't. Though. It's okay, you guys. You know. Yeah, like, and then, and then Peter Buck saying, "Well, I could, I, I, you know, it doesn't matter if I if I never worked again, I would have enough money. Like this is just a lark. Like you can't be both ways, man." It, it, it's funny when I love reading that in that book because it it dovetails so nicely with the song by song book where they're constantly dismissing everything they do. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that's one of the ways that the, these guys, it's, it's not a good look, but it is another way in which they're really real, uh-huh. you know, is that they're so insecure and so like eager to like own their failures and dismiss them before their critics can. Right. You know, they have a lot of reason to be very confident and they don't always come across as such. Right. Yeah. yeah. Your bully can't play stop punching yourself if you're already punching yourself. Yeah. And and they punch themselves with the shit. Yeah. Um, you know, they also talk about how Warner didn't know how to promote them. And Warner had did like a huge staff cut. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh there's a lot in that chapter about the executive shakeups and stuff, you know, the yeah. the, the moral being that you know, they became uh, the band of the people who were cut and everybody was like, well, fuck them. You know, those, those people are gone. We're just going to while off this contract anyway. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So REM around town, they performed at the uh, rock and Rio festival uh, for their biggest crowd ever. Uh, 190,000, which is huge. Uh, probably less great was them uh, performing under a gigantic AOL Time Warner banner that was yeah. set up because uh, Warner decided to use this as a chance to raise awareness for their massive, you know, trust conglomeration. Yeah, yeah, it was the emoji movie of its time. Yeah, um, you know, just this 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 you know place where brands got together to hang out. <laughs> REM and Ready Player One. <laughs> um, they also did some like cross media stuff here too, um, which I think we'll cover at some point. Um, oh, they're yeah. in an episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, I watched that uh, about a month ago. Mm -hmm. um, it's real superfluous to that episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I just remember I remember them being kind of funny and charming in the episode. Though. Yeah, yeah, I, I love the yeah. idea of uh, my <laughs> of Mike Bills having piss anxiety. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because Lenny was watching it. Yeah, Lenny's watching Mike Mills. Like that's just a, a beautiful sentence that you know again just kind of like intersects with too much of what I love. Um, <laughs> Real quick, I think I mentioned this on the show, but uh, shout out to um, the anonymous person who, and I think I know who it is actually, who sent me the Mike Mills Simpsons guy. Oh, jeez, I'm so I jealous. Mike Mills Simpson. <laughs> I mean, you can, they're on eBay. You can get one. I know. For, I know. You know. Um, it's, very, it's very nice. It, it's, uh, it's very cute, and it is, you know, I love him. Yeah. Um, th it also has the, like, Michael Slape just going, like, nuts for gluten. Like, just like, mmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I remember that being pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and I that that's probably probably not the first one but like something that would happen in the simpsons and sorry if i'm burning cash for when we cover this later something that would happen in the simpsons was like oh homer simpson misinterpreting the lyrics to songs mm -hmm. and of course they do it's the end of the world as we know it with him just doing gibberish over top of it yeah you know, talking about fast food and stuff it's like mm. that, that's kind of bad simpsons yeah you know that that's going to keep kind of happening yeah um yeah, I'm on Gary. I'm on season 16 right now on my rewatch. I don't Ooh. I don't know how to stop drinking salt water. <laughs> I don't want to decide what to watch next, but like Simpsons, it's getting Simpsons everywhere. It's getting dire. That's pretty rough, man. I know. Um, Help. Yeah, I, I uh, when I'm in an airplane and they have in-flight entertainment, I'll watch a new Simpsons sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's always just like sad and shitty. Oh, like when we we were in uh, Milwaukee and we watched that one episode that was just airing contemporaneously, we, yeah. we laughed really hard. That was actually really funny. There are a couple of good jokes in it, but yeah. it, it it does feel soulless in a in a terrible yeah era, you know terrible terrible way yeah yeah. I don't know. Uh, but yes, uh, season 13, Homer the Mo, where Homer sets up his own bar. We may talk yes. about it in depth later on. Yes. 
uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, they also, and I forgot to uh, send this over to you to talk about. It. I, I apologize about, it, but we talked about the song a bunch. Yeah, um, yeah. They re-recorded all the right friends for the Vanilla Sky soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they brought it out like on tour and stuff. Like this yeah. was, you know, something that they just kind of revived from their, you know, very very early days. Uh, yes. This is kind of a combination of Cameron Crowe wanting a song for Vanilla Sky, uh, which is a, a better movie than people acknowledge. Um, and, um, you know, the the other people in the band say, I'm like, hey, you know, remember that song? Let's do that. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Yep. We, we like Airman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it kind of foreshadows them uh, dusting off some oldies for the great best of we're going to talk about the end of this. Yes. As well. Yeah. Um, and then, bam, 9-11. Whoa. <laughs> what? <laughs> you didn't expect them to show up. <laughs> Yeah, bam. Them, nine eleven. File underwater. Your source for <laughs> for, nine, for, for hot nine eleven. Uh, just a crisis response. Hot, takes. hot nine on eleven action. Ooh. Um. Yep. Yeah. Um. So I mean, yeah, this album came out in two thousand one. Um. This happened. You know, Michael Stapp lived in Greenwich Village. You know, his home was there, and you know he saw it like that's pretty much right in the shadow a little bit and it's a little bit over but you know, obviously you can't escape it and he went out there and offered his phone up to people while the phone connections were still there so they could tell their family hey i'm okay uh, and participated in the uh and the, and, the, and the rescue efforts and of course because everything turned into a nightmare um off the back of that awful nightmare uh they started working a lot with anti-war protest performances because mm-hmm. just the machine had been uh you know kick-started by that terrible terrible event yeah yeah and and you know in the face of tragedy like everyone was trying to license uh, everybody hurts and people were trying to get rem to like re-release it as a single Wait, which would have made like gangbusters money but they're not they're monsters. not they're not ghouls <laughs> yeah they're not ghouls they're not going to do that so yeah. they didn't but they're like you can use anything of ours for charity at this point like we want to help right which you know like we you know uh that, that's a very relatable impulse yes um yeah uh they also performed something called uh, "Love Rocks" to honor to honor to honor Bono, Ono Bono, uh, as to, to honor Bono as Humanitarian of the Year. <laughs> None of this ages well. The fact yeah, that they're how, performing... how cool are these? Like this, this works. This is the album this has to happen on, though, man. Like, <laughs> well, like, like their their quote about this, like, is it's it's hard to put that kind of thing in perspective. So they're performing to honor Bono. Uh, they are doing a collaboration with Cher. Uh, you know, who is still uh, in the shadow and riding in the glow of life after love at this point. Um, and they are introduced by Tom Cruise um, given. So you would think, hey, share whatever. Um, no, she's kind of a weirdo on Twitter now. Yeah. Yeah. So she, like, she was very funny. <laughs> she, she tweets poems and emoji. It's kind of great. Uh, but no part of this age very well. <laughs> no, no. Like, I know what all these words mean separately, but I don't know what they mean together. <laughs> right. Like, you know, uh, love rocks to honor Bono as humanitarian of the year performing. I got you babe with share introduced by Tom Cruise. Like right. none of that makes sense. Right. Um, and also just this weird REM humor thing. Let's do, I got you babe kind of because of uh Sonny Bono, but that's not said the same way. No, <laughs> no, like, yeah, it's very different. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and it's just like, <laughs> Yeah. And Bono's going to come up here pretty soon, actually. Like, Bono factors in very heavily uh, into yeah. into this next saga that happens. We wanted to not talk about Bono in this podcast, but it kind of popped up. Yeah. Unfortunately, Bono's yeah. going to Bon, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, the wake up Bono. Um, yeah, the, yeah. 
So let's talk about this airplane incident. I remember where I was when this happened. Yeah, <laughs> I went out to the street and offered my phone to anybody who wanted to contact Peter Buck's family. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anybody who wanted to lodge a complaint with British Airways, drop yeah. the charges. <laughs> um, yeah, so so this is I remember this too, and this, this like what a, what a bummer that this happened after the uh, behind the music because this would have been you know, oh, the entire second act, of course. Um, the, the, the entire trial they would have made so much drama out of this. And so it's going to be hard not to laugh about this because some of the details about what happened on that flight, what people describe are absurd, mm-hmm. you know, in, in just kind of like a, like you, you kind of have to laugh at it, but also it's very scary. Like yeah. I can't imagine being the person who woke up being accused of this stuff, but I also can't imagine being a person who worked on that flight or was adjacent to this. Like, oh, man, this sounds just incredibly bizarre. I'm just imagining me being on that flight and being like, Oh man, that's Peter Buck. Like that's real cool. And then seeing the incident, and then just seeing him like Hulk out. Yeah. You know. So uh, here's what happened. What I have labeled in here the airplane incident. So Peter Buck, I uh, was going to be flying to the UK on British Airways. I think going into Heathrow, but I might just be you know snapping to grid on that. Um, before that, he had complained um, at dinner about like, oh, I wish I could just kind of sleep through that entire flight. Peter Buck had battled with insomnia and long flights are just fucking garbage anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, a friend at that dinner decided, hey, well, I'll give you some Ambien. You can take that and just, you know, zonk out. Yep. Um, and he either didn't know or didn't care or something, but he mixed it with red wine. He yeah. took a bunch of free red wine in first class, took his his, his pill and a half Ambien. And then hulked out. Yeah. Like went on a rampage on the, the plane. The book like talks around what he does and there's a way that's really amazing. Like there's a <laughs> there's a sentence, I think, that's like a full sentence in that book that's like, Buck is a very big man. Yeah. I think it's like the full sentence. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, big, big man's coming to like, <laughs> yeah, like big, Michael Stipe lost control of his strong son. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, <laughs> don't mix pills with me or my son again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but but it, but he had an accomplice. It was him and the and the uh, the the tour manager. Yeah, uh, Whitaker. I, I I didn't grab his first name. I don't imagine he stuck around with the organization it after that. It's real weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The book talks around it. They present the kind of occurrences on that as kind of allegations by the crew and the other passengers. By mm. you know, like for for what happened, and again, like. Like the, the we're laughing because this is inherently absurd. It's also fucking terrifying. Again, yeah, it's it, we're not saying like we're not absolving Peter Buck of like being a shithead with this. No, like, this no. is no good. Yeah, you know. But um, so he's like doing things like the food cart comes by. He thinks it's a CD player. Yeah. Um, somebody had yogurt toss at them. Yeah, uh, trying and to find a stranger like, is his wife. Like, hey, I'm married to you now. Yeah, <laughs> we're married now. And here's something that like I'm glad this happened when it happened, as opposed to like. Because this didn't, I think this happened. This was in this, April before 9-11. Yeah, before 9-11, because he tried but, to get into the cockpit yeah. and tried to open up an emergency exit. Yeah, saying, so like, I'm going to my, go home now. If this happened in October of 2001, Peter Buck would be dead. Like, there's, no, question. There's, like no question. Like, an international air marshal would have, like, yeah. shot him. Yeah, international flight, like, you know, he may not dead, but he would have been, like, shot. Yeah. Like, you know, like, this would have been very, very bad. It was, it was bad enough that the trial happened after 9-11. 
Like yeah, yeah. everybody wanted, you know, like th- this was presented as air rage. I remember this was like the first time that I heard about that, you know, like her, like heard this kind of behavior described in those terms, which anybody who's flown has a little bit of sympathy for it. Um, cause flying sucks. Um, but, um, but yeah, like the, the, the court was trying to make an example of him as both this one, two punch of saying, Hey, if you're famous, you know, we're going to throw the book at you. And also like, I don't know, nine eleven just happened. So like, this can't happen. Like you yeah. can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, it's literally no good. So he, you know, he got arrested when they landed, they considered, yeah. um, you know, doing an emergency landing. Right. Like a pure buck related emergency landing. <laughs> right. They, they they subdued him, but not before he managed to yell out, I am REM. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> Judge Dad. Yeah, nobody's heard up. <laughs> like, like, this is the wrong album for you to pull this. Um, um, just wait. Just wait until you hear Hell the Way to Reno. <laughs> then you'll learn. Um, yeah. Oh, geez. They, they, like they said, you know, who knows how much of this is of, of, the, of this is true, but they said like you drank like 15 glasses of wine. Oh, uh, I, I yeah, I don't know that that came out in the book because I said he had three before the pill. So I don't know if he yeah, kept drinking. Right. But yeah, that's a lot of wine. Yeah, it's a three. Three is a lot uh, of wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so he's arrested when they got when they landed um, and uh, on April 21st, 2001. And he was looking at like four years because of all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, you know, I'm very embarrassed. I have no memory. Um, you know, this kept getting retrials, uh, and he kept having to fly back and forth yeah, for the shit, which was expensive and shitty, but you know, it's, that's fine. It's what, it's what, yeah. it's what happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, this ended up being like, not as like, not, like media circus makes it sound like it's the fucking Michael Jackson trial, but like, you know, they had Mike Mills and they had Michael Stipe come in and, you know, attest to his character saying something that my eyebrow kind of goes up at, Oh, I've never seen him drunk before. That's 100% a lie. Yeah. Like there's, there's literally no way that, yeah. you know, Michael Stipe has not seen, or Mike Mills has not seen Peter Buck drunk. Right. And you know, Mike Mills, I love that, that, that detail in the book. It says like, Oh, his nickname was trouble because he always shut down the bar, you yeah. know, like, yeah. So, you know, like Mills would have seen Buck drop out at some point. <laughs> Is this going to be like that, that episode of the Simpsons where Bart accidentally exposes Krusty's offshore bank account <laughs> where we just got, we're going to get like, the REM in jail for perjury <laughs> through this podcast. Oh no. All like, Put in then, British then, jail. Yeah. Like, like a barrister is going to come up to us and be like, you've done a right good service chaps. You'll always be remembered, but not by me. I love REM. And then like leave. <laughs> he, he just leaves like whistling the, the melody. The melody to, uh, to, uh, gosh. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, losing my religion. Probably. There we go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is, uh, you know, hopefully we didn't just get them in trouble for perjury. No, but they de- we're basing this off of information that we read in these books, you know. It's, yeah, I, it's, they definitely perjured, though. Yeah. <laughs> and, yes, and, I mean, yeah, can't prove it. But. Char- character witness is always such a weird thing, too. Um, also, when you have, well, like, you call in the guns, like, oh, we're in a British court. Who should we get? Hmm. Hmm. Bono? <laughs> yeah. They, Bono testified at Peter Buck's trial. That's very weird. Yeah, it's weird to think of anyone hanging out with Bono, let alone... My boys, because they're right. they're so down to earth, and Bono so not. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, he was found not guilty. Yes, and uh, and we all got to hear around the sun. Who? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So that is an embarrassing thing uh, in their history, which is going to be hard. Uh, I don't know. You don't hear people talking about it, but like it was the talk of the town at the time. Yeah, it was a big deal. Yep. I remember that very much. 
Um, yeah, so let's, uh, let's talk about the record. Yes. Uh, remember, we are talking about Reveal, which is split into sides. The first is the chorus side, uh, and the second is the ring side. But let's talk yes. about chorus. Yes. Uh, with the very first song, The Lifting, which for some reason on my Apple Music isn't on there. Yeah, the I, I noticed that today. Yeah, problem too. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's weird it, the, that that is not a problem on my phone, but I was when I was listening on my computer, it skipped right over to I've been high. It's yeah, it was real weird. I had to like go in and, you know, find and the version they have on Apple Music that I could find is the weird alternate version from the rarities. So oh, yeah. to hear the original version, I had to uh, use my memory and then also go on YouTube. Yeah, exactly the same. Yeah. Um, so this was written as a prequel of sorts to uh, Day Sleeper, which is very strange because I believe that I heard this first. Up was later for me in terms mm. of like listening to REM stuff. Um, this does not feel like it is related to Day Sleeper aside from a couple of quotes. Yeah, there's a it, it kind of the idea of doing a sequel to Day Sleeper seems very misguided to me. Yeah. Um, because I, that's a lot of the strengths of that, um, is that it is a, a sketch, Yeah, you know, that's not totally spelled out. And this is, you know, we didn't need like day sleeper origins, <laughs> you know, to like to fill out that backstory. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So it's, it's hard to kind of get, get a pin on it, how it relates to that. If you think of it in its own terms, I think this is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, like, like it opens up you know, like, you know, this is a short story, you know, about a person who is like involved in this weird, like semi-religious, but semi-business kind of seminar thing, you know, mm. you know, and how it relates to their own problems. And it ends on just this straight up like Lovecraftian note, which is strange for them. Yeah. Yeah. With some, like literally sunken cities. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, which, which is super weird. It does that. So you can kind of see some of my structural problems with the songs on this album, even just looking through the genius thing uh-huh. where it, you know, uh, verse one chorus, verse two chorus, verse three chorus. Chorus times to bridge the word never nineteen times and then an outro. <laughs> never nineteen like, times is the real st- is the real standout there. Yeah, it, it it's just all I feel like I can't think of a song on this on this record or the last one again to be fair that couldn't stand to be much shorter. Yeah, they always make their point before I like after I or before I'm done with them. Yeah, you know, or, or I'm done I'm done with them uh, well before they uh, they get done. You know. Um, so this is definitely that happens with us. So even if there are things I really like, you know, like, like the song, which mm-hmm. I, I think is generally pretty good. Yeah. Um, I almost never hear the end of it because like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I gotta, you, gotta move. Like this is a the, long record. You hit those nevers and it's like, nope, I don't care how cool that last verse is. Uh, I don't, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to get to, I've been high, which is a better song. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, um I don't, I mean, I don't know if I like, I've been high better, but I want to move on to something Yeah, for, for me is, is where I'm at. Yeah. So this is as long as up, but it's two two fewer songs. Mm-hmm. You know, which I think is telling too. Like these are longer, more luxuriated kind of songs. Yep. Again, that ramp up and cool down. You know. Yeah. Like <laughs> don't structure your albums like they're your your songs like they're workouts. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. Structure them like they're montages of workouts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, kind of kind of interestingly, there's a version of this on the rarities that uh, was real. Um, you know, that's kind of got scaled back a little bit yeah. because this does have a lot of electronic flourishes to it. It does. Uh, there's um, a lot of like yeah. noise to this. There's like, yeah. uh, like, like signal, like almost frequency sweeps that happen over the entire thing. It's a very spacey song. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the original version is a little bit worse or a little less of that. Um, but there's, you know, a little less like English on the chorus. Yeah. 
it's not quite as good. Uh, go back and listen uh, to the second Lighters episode we did, uh, I think two or three episodes ago, um, where we also included the discussion of the um, of, of the Unplugged that Unplugged. they did around here. Um, the stripped down versions of these songs almost universally are uh, more successful. Mm. The lifting is not present there, but I think that that is, you know, I, I, I like the original version except for the chorus a lot better. Yeah. I wish that they would have you know, kept the lyrical and melodic structure of the main one, but stripped it back. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of, a lot of the flourish stuff here is, uh, kind of has a foot in both ponds for me. Like it's, a, it's, it doesn't do enough to add interest. Um, you know, it's, it's not the focus, but mm -hmm. it also doesn't add enough. Right. You know, it's not my main problem with these songs, but it also, I don't miss it at all. Like I mm -hmm. think the unplugged versions are probably stronger too. Yeah. You know, um, so the second song that you do kind of get through through getting through the lifting, your reward for getting through the <laughs> yeah. lifting. The which lifting is, is a strong opener. I, I like yeah. I like the way the lifting opens. Oh, and, and compared to like Airport Man or something, like the lifting <laughs> is a is is a is a good song. Yeah, but it yeah, opens like on a great strong. But it's a good song. It opens on a strong uh, on a strong uh, uh, piano riff, and then like yeah. that that first verse, you know, grounded nine a.m. Like yeah. that that's fine. Like it actually good... like sets a scene and you know like brings an immediacy to the album that I that I enjoy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, the second song is I've Been High. Um, and yeah, this is a softer, kind of sensitive, kind of drum machine-based song. Yes. Um, you know, these, these little, like, again, the kind of Postal Service-esque, like, staccato uh, drum machine beats. Mm -hmm. um, real down-tempo. Um, mm -hmm. This is an inversion of my normal reveal structure, where I think the verses of this are cool, but I don't like the choruses. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, yeah, it's usually the opposite. But for this one, it's like I, I think the chorus is okay, but I wish there was a little bit more melody to it. Um, the verses I think are kind of interesting. Yeah, and, well, especially uh, the third verse, like where yeah. it where, where it picks up and it becomes again that country feedback vomit a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that 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 kind of playing with a I'm always going to be a, you know playing with a saying. Yeah, yeah. You know, like have gun will travel mm -hmm. uh, is kind of the the motif here, and that I like that quite a bit. Yeah, um, I like the song quite a bit. Um, I think that this this album has two very strong ballads when mm -hmm. ballad as, you know, an R.E.M. thing. I've never really gone in for it before, you know, before mm -hmm. this. I think that they they, that they hit a height with these. Um, mm -hmm. And I like the uh, the lyrical content of this, like just the um, I just very regretful this song. Um, and it's a it's a pretty pure expression of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I Again, you know, it, for for me, it is a good song. It's not a great song. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's, it does the job and it has some, some of that interesting kind of like staccato drum machine stuff mm -hmm. is pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, during the, the verses. Also at one point he sings, you know, his, he's in his soulful voice and you're like, Oh, I just needed to believe, but his voice kind of breaks and falters on believe. Mm -hmm. It's a very good delivery of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, onto the, uh, I think the second single. Yeah. Uh, from the album, uh, all the way to Reno parenthetical, you're going to be a star. Yeah, um, opens up with this very spacious kind of uh, like country guitar. Um, you mm -hmm. know, again the the bottom two strings where all the money's at um, as they as they break into it, but it <laughs> quickly turns into uh, just drum machine and like weird frequency warbling. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and this is kind of like kind of a, a general like even the whole thing kind of has a country feel to it. Yeah. Um, it does. Uh, so I, I like this song. I think this is catchy. Yeah. Um, melodically, lyrically, it doesn't do tons for me. Mm -hmm. 
Like there's there's almost there's only a couple of words that are not curse or chorus or pre-chorus in this. Mm-hmm. Like this has almost no verses. Right. It's very weird. You spend so much time on the you you're know what you are, you're gonna be, be a, star. a star. Like literally or, three minutes of that. Yeah, you know, or various versions of that. Yeah. You know? Um, you know who you are. You know, like you've you've already said that. Like yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it feels like there's just not enough words in this, which is right. a weird thing for me to think. Yeah. It, but it's still five and a half minutes long. Yeah, it doesn't need to be that long. No, it, it is is bloated, but otherwise I think is a good choice for a single. Yeah. Because it is really catchy. Uh-huh. And they do a thing that they do um later, I think in uh Beat a Drum, which I like a lot, uh, which is that little like you know, ascending low part on the guitar that kind of comes before the verses of this. No, no, uh, not that. So where it's like, you know, challenge the laws of chance. And they do that during a beat a drum as well. And I like that quite a bit. Um, It's just a little too much for me, like a little too long and a little too flabby. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, I agree. We're on very similar notes to this. I, I, I wish, I wish that it was more focused. Yeah, like it could have, and it's a single. Like it could, yeah. I'm sure there was a single mix or a radio mix that is, you know, shaves away the the cruft. Yeah, um, but that should have just been on the album because this this unending second half of the song that just is the same things we've already done. Like, yeah, well, it devolves into slurry. <laughs> yeah, no, no <laughs> editor like, would accept this. Right. You know. Yeah, like this this could be an amazing three minute song. Yeah. You know, and like it, I, I like the I like the lyrical content of this too. Like, you don't go to Reno to be a star. Like it is, yeah. it, it is compromised and kind of sarcastic on its face. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, even though there is like something where you like, you have to read a lot into it because a lot of the lyrics, like that's there. There are a couple of things that are, uh, you, you have to, you have to paint a bigger picture with smaller amounts Yeah, because so much of the, the lyrical content of this is just chorus. Right. Um, I think the video is really charming and good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is, so, uh, is, uh, shot at a high school in, uh, in prospect Heights. Um, yeah. in uh in brooklyn yep uh with michael moore um you know polarizing uh figure mm-hmm. and uh but mostly they just let kids take the camera mm-hmm. and it's really cute yeah like it's it, i didn't know that i needed to see like you know mike mills like pull a lunch tray up and get served a lunch or like <laughs> early on like michael stipe whispers the lyrics into like a like a teenage girl's ear uh-huh and she like can't stop giggling because you know <laughs> here's, here's the strange skeleton man talking about reno <laughs> <laughs> here's the melted candle <laughs> the melted candle boy is, is going to like whisper you're so sweet to me and it doesn't come off as like skeevy or anything it just comes off as like you know very very cute and charming I yeah think. yeah um and uh they introduce the uh the, the the kids who made it at the end like they wave yeah. into the camera and smile like it's uh you know it's, it's cinema verite like michael moore does but no it like has nothing to do with the actual song uh, but no. it's but it's very kind of cute and charming. It's you know rich with incident. I think it's very cute. Yeah, yeah. Um, and goes on for twice as long as it should. <laughs> right. Um, moves on to uh, she just wants to be. Yes. Uh, so this is a very uh, you know kind of folky acoustic ballad. Uh, it's kind of a it feels a little bit like a lyrical mirror to Reno, uh, a little bit. Again, it's about a person who's leaving home who wants you know who 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 wants more. Um. Here we are. Here's. <laughs> I wish they would have taken some lyric out of this and put it in Reno. Um, yeah, yeah. This is they, they this definitely is could very, have. very dense with lyric. It's very dense with lyrics until you get to the uh, the chorus, which feels like a, a cliche to me. Yeah. Uh, in a way that I don't particularly like. 
if, um, if you're going to retell she's leaving home um, yeah 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 like that that's the, that's the kind of thing it is and like the uh this is something where like I have to struggle to remember what happens during the verse of this. Yeah. Like the chorus, like I know I can, I can hear it, you know? Yeah. Um, I just can't like looking at these words, it's hard to have the connection mm-hmm. for me. And that's like, and then it's something I associate with this album quite a bit. Yeah. So it's like, I, I mean, I did, I had, I had to work at it. Like I know what this verse is like, but it, it took me time yeah. to tell this apart from the beginning of any number of songs that kind of go back and forth between two chords in the beginning of mm-hmm. them in this on this album yeah you know? yeah that's a, that, that's a problem for you in general is the two chord yeah two chord kind but of thing it, it just comes up a lot so yeah. it's a problem when it it's it's a thing when it comes up once you know it's like oh this is kind of a bummer but to to structure like you know probably four or five of these 12 songs do that yes uh in the beginning and it's just it's it's a real preponderance of again like rem it feels like they forgot how to make catchy verses yeah you know um to me mm-hmm yeah I, I think the song is fine. It doesn't, it doesn't rise up to like similar songs. Like this is, it feels like it is, it's got one foot in all the way to Reno and has another foot in chorus in the ring and it doesn't yeah. rise to either of those. Yeah. yeah. It, it also, um, has the, uh, the, the problem of like being right next to, uh, disappear, which is like, you know, she just wants to be like, I came here to disappear. Like, yeah, yeah. It's about, these it's are, about people and locations. Yeah, it, it's very like it's weirdly empty. It's less like just saying lyrics like up sometimes is where it's just like kind of staying statements. Uh-huh. But it ends up being kind of lacking relevant like it, detail that you can like tie your imagination to. Yeah. Which isn't true for all of the songs on this album. Like there are some like better lyrical terms, but there is just kind of a sense of like this is just story time. Yeah. And it's hard to tell what it's really, you know, about. Yeah. And like the yeah. first portion of she just wants to be is, you know, very rich with description, you know, yeah. the you know, the Mingus, Chet Baker and Chess, you know, like yeah. that paints a picture very well of like what this person values. It, there, there's no there's no action to it. Yeah. And then later it doesn't really pay off on that. Yeah. It doesn't keep that same level of interest, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so disappear. Which kind of starts off with this like acoustic, you know, uh, uh, you know, yeah, um, kind of, um, kind of, kind of thing in the beginning of it. It's it, it's it's really cool because again, it's this kind of this frequency scanning on top of um, very chaotic strings, on top of just like again a very you know like low you know the low strings on an acoustic guitar doing this very simple riff. If it maintained that energy or if it alluded to it more than a couple of times in the song, it would actually be very, very cool. Cause it cuts a distinctive figure for this song that immediately falls away into reverb vocals and weird yeah. phasing and stuff. Yeah. And, and just kind of like a real reveal ass verse. Yeah. You know, where this kind of comes through and like, I just realized like looking at these two songs to back to back, like they have a very, like a similarity uh, in kind of chorus where he's just kind of hitting single syllables on each note. Uh-huh. You know, like the like she just wants to be and, you know, I looked for you everywhere. There's like a kind of like a there's not as much like motion in it. I'm just like I'm trying to figure out what it is about like these specific th- things are kind of leaving me cold as far as melodically. Yeah. Uh, you know, like th- there's there's kind of like it's kind of like there's a lockstep. Yeah. It feels locked in and, and, and spare. 
Like it, it almost feels like he doesn't have a uh, like a, like a single syllable to waste, or he doesn't feel like yes. he does. But it's like, oh, you have plenty of syllables to waste. Like make this into a melody, please. Yeah, and and the <laughs> and the verses become this kind of rambly, like not quite speak singy, mm-hmm. but are not like he's not singing with his whole voice. Like it's kind of lower and a little bit like mumblier or yeah. groanier. There's a call I haven't come to yet. I spent half my yeah. life figuring what comes next. Like I'm, yeah. I'm doing that because I'm speaking into a microphone. And, you know, I'm not, not, not a singer. Yeah. Um, but that is very similar to the, uh, to the delivery that we get. Yeah. It's a, with a little bit more like exhale. Wait, does it that comes next? Like it's a little more, again, it just feels a little lockstep on the beat Yeah. in a way that uh, it's hard to exactly point to what's doing that, but it's, very similar in these two songs together. Yeah. And it makes them bleed together in my mind. A yeah. Bit. And they're in the exact same place on the album that sad professor and, uh, <laughs> and the apologist are, it's kind of weird. Yeah. They're like almost the exact same place in the album, but these <sighs> in a forming like a, a two songs, I have a hard time telling apart. Yeah. They don't um, feel like a very distinct. I want to give the song credit for what the, what it does. Well, that, uh, the, the vanishing point appeared. When they do that, mm. like, and the you know what, what passes for the for the pre-chorus in this, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a single line, but like when it turns into kind of those wails and yops, like it mm. makes me think it's going to go into a much better chorus than it actually goes to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, like you know, it, it cuts a it cuts a strong figure at the start. I wish that they would capitalize on that atmosphere. I wish they would lean into this being an apocalyptic REM song, like they've done in the past. They just pull that punch and let it be you know, just kind of production wankery, mm-hmm. you know, over, over top of the, uh, over top of the speak singing, like, yeah, you yeah. know, yep, yep. Um, yeah. And then the, the side ends with Saturn return. Um, this yeah. is a song. So Peter Buck is like his weak, you know, his self-professed like weakest instrument. He plays piano on this. Yes. Um, this one. Yeah. Um, this is very much like a short story that is set to music. It's almost like a Peter and the wolf kind of thing about a, surreal situation of a convenience store worker fixing the galaxy mm. um and the notion of a saturn return it's like an astrological thing it's like oh a rotation of saturn takes 30 years a person's saturn return happens when they're 30 years old if you haven't learned some kind of great life lesson by the time you're 30 then it predicts an early death or something like that like that's a little bit what they're talking about with this mm. um this is mostly an atmospheric song um i kind of dig this in a way that i haven't you know, given a lot of credit to REM experiments before. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just, uh, the, 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 the disparate parts do not touch it. Do not touch at the edges, but are held together by the imagery for me. Yeah. I think, I think lyrically this, this is fine. It ends up being weird. Like the chorus to this being a chorus is weird. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, in, it's almost, it's in search of a, a songness. Yeah. <laughs> that I don't, I, that I don't think would have like, it would have hurt it. You know, if they, find, if, they, if they just like jettison that where if they'd added, you know, give uh, have a repeating phrase that ties this together. Yeah. And keep everything else the same mm-hmm. um, and make it seem a little bit more like a song. Yeah. You know, um, I don't think it would have hurt it. I, I think this is fine, too. I think, you know, this is fine. Um, I think yeah. the lyrics are kind of neat. Um, mm-hmm. I think musically it's largely forgettable to me. Um, the, but it's not. It, it's full of moments for me, like when it's uh, yeah. when we're talking about like boarding the rocket ship, rocket ship triumph, and then the uh, uh, the, the the drums kind of pick up, you know, um, and actually becomes a becomes a beat, you know, like as they're preparing mm. for the launch, like that. That I think is a cool, you know, again using using the language of music for storytelling, you know, it is mm. that it is that Peter and the Wolf kind of thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of it's kind of interesting in that respect. I got to give it that. It, it tends to bounce off my brain a little bit. Yeah. yeah. You know, like to get to mine that stuff, I have to to work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This was never a skipper. I, I, I liked listening to it and just kind of like sinking into the atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, side B, uh, ringside opens with beat a drum. Yeah. Um, which is like, again, that like, this is probably, it does that thing I was talking about. I was referring to before. Um, and this is, this is one of my favorites on this record. Yeah. This is very um, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the verse parts of it sound again, like this is again, a reveal thing for me though, uh-huh. where I feel like the verses being so disconnected from the chorus a lot of time, like the beginning of this, the verses found sound beach boys to me. Mm-hmm. Beach Boise Be- from, you know, if you go down to Beach Boise, <laughs> I know um, it sounds like that to me. Uh, and then when the chorus comes in, it almost feels like you could do like a chorus verse scrambler on this record to me, mm-hmm. you know, like it's just like, oh, like almost any number of these like verses could go with this song. Yeah, I could map to one but or the it, other. The like chorus uh, performance is really, really strong. And mm-hmm. like that dumb little guitar riff, you know, <laughs> what I need ding, 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 ding. like that just does it for me. And like the the. The guitar following the vocal up to that note, yeah, slowly like is very cool to me. Yeah, this is this is an incredibly summary song. I like how simplistically naive it is. You know, mm-hmm. like just the you know, this is all I want. This is all I need. This is all I am. <laughs> you know, like just uh, the, the, this pure expression of contentment really yeah. resonates for me. And, you know, in a, in a way that, yes, it's kind of frivolous, like reviewers raked this album over the coals for how much it like talked about dragonflies and seahorses and stuff. But like, I don't know, this this song is a very good distillation of that. Again, naivete to it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think this is pretty good. Yeah, um, this is. Yeah, this is uh, probably out of songs that uh, we come through so far. This is my favorite one so far. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Imitation of Life comes out, which we'll talk about. And this <laughs> is, you know, again, like this feels like it's. <laughs> it's weird when REM does one of these songs. It's like, it is the, you know, the day sleeper. Like it's the REM ass REM song right. in the middle of this record. That is not, doesn't sound like an REM record in a lot mm, of ways. No, no. You know? So it ends up as like, I'm always happy to have this come back. Like, you know, this is a great song. Imitation great. of life. Oh yeah. It's yeah. awesome. It's, it's, yeah. it's one of my favorite REM songs. <laughs> like it's yeah, so it's, good. It's, you know, really fantastic. And it's like, it fits in the album in a very weird way. Uh huh. You know, like in in like it doesn't nothing else on the album approach like sounds like it. No, I mean you like know? this is the only song. It's probably the first song in two albums, maybe that we've had any jangle on. Like yeah. this is you know from the opening from the opening guitar strum. This is a throwback. <laughs> yeah, like very much so. And it's like I always I I love it. It's unquestionably my favorite song on the album. Like hmm. you know, in a walk. Yeah, there's no question. Um, yeah, but it it's always feel a little bit like it's not very reveal. Right. You know, it's it's the it's the entry from reveal to be on the greatest hits. Right. You know, um, yeah, because it's 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 a really, really fantastic song. Yeah. Um, and paired with, I think, their best music video. Oh, it's so good. Like this. This this is one of my favorite videos, period. Yeah. Like, you know, of like of like any of them, like just yes, it is a lot of technical artifice, but it uses that to tell a really great story that like fits in with the album overall and definitely fits the fits the song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you've never seen it, um, you know, we've talked about good videos before on this podcast and you could probably take that with a huge grain of salt because like we're, we're judging on a curve, yeah. you know, like I don't, I don't feel like, you know, as much as the, what's the frequency kind of video is good. I don't feel like it's mandatory in terms of video. No, no, you know, it's not innovative. This feels very innovative and cool. Yeah. This is like, um, this is heightening upon heightening to me. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, so it's it's 30 seconds of somebody taking this kind of wide angle shot of a party where a lot of things happen. Yeah. Uh, you get to watch it all at once. Oh. And then it does this pan and scan and kind of rewind to show different parts. Yeah. Um, and it, it moves in, you know, forward motion and backward motion uh, to yes. kind of like zoom in on particular things and show them happening and then, you know, being undone as they go. Yes. Um, and it's really cool. Like all this little detail. And the, the most clever part of it is the way that people, you know, it's only 30 seconds of party, but people in the party are singing different parts of the song. Yeah. I, I just, so, I cannot imagine orchestrating that one bit. No, it, it, it's kind of like a PT Anderson esque, like, you know, one long shot kind of stunt yep. feeling to it. Um, it's great. Oh my gosh. Just the, the, the that exact moment, the, uh, oh gosh, um, like a Friday fashion show teenager with, uh, with that, uh, the teenager, you know, the, the, the young woman, uh, throwing the, throwing the drink on her aunt or whatever, you know, who's mm-hmm. being a real loud mouth, uh, lowering her, uh, kind of like her dress line, you know, exposing more cleavage and then putting it back up and then taking the drink back. Like yeah. that exact moment of like, oh, this is what she wishes she could do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. It's super. It's, it's, it's very good. It, it's more, it has more depth than it initially seems like it would have. Yeah. Um, like lyric wise, I feel like this is a little like slight. It's fine uh, to um, me. It, it it is it is definitely bolstered by the delivery. Um, yeah, that that you know that 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 moment where it's like, oh, this uh, this lightning storm, this tidal wave, this avalanche. I'm not afraid. Like, I think yeah. that is that is you know as good of a like and like call to action or just a like, hey, everybody stand up <laughs> kind of kind of moment. Uh, you know, as they've had since like the combination of uh, what is it? Begin the begin and uh, get up. You know, it's it's. I mean, but musically, when that happens, it's such a it's it's a down part. It's like the bridge. Yeah, it know? just it, and, it, it makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck when they do it. Yeah, it's, it's really it's it's good, but it's all for me. It is all delivery. Yeah, like in that part because that sounds like accessory. That sounds like a lyric from Walk Unafraid to me. Hmm. Like it, it's it's you know it sounds like a, a accessory. Hmm. Like saying I'm not afraid in the face of something like that is very on the nose. Hmm. Um, and this is also the first time, uh, not the first time, but. Another thing that reminded me that I want, kind of want to take the word cry away from Michael Stipe. Yeah, yeah. Cry and uh, He try. needs to stop singing about it quite yeah. so much, yeah. you know, and it just, it becomes a little like, again, like kind of teenagery mm-hmm. in a way that like, the, I agree with you, the delivery saves it, mm-hmm. you know, um, and like all the little bits about cinnamon and sweets and Hollywood and stuff like that's very cute and kind of like nice little poetry that is hard to fit into like a... a grander statement it, it falls into a problem of like a sufficiently famous band talking making a song about the problems of being famous yeah you know? yeah like uh oh, oh gosh don't you hate it when your butler doesn't get all the schmutz off your sock garters yeah hard <laughs> to sympathize with yeah you know um but still it still ends up being you know lyrics are never my first thing mm-hmm. like and, and the lyrics that are there like the delivery does do a lot it's a really great performance yeah from Stipe. Um, there's a couple of interesting factoids. Um, I love this a little bit with the keyboard solo. Yeah. Uh, that string fellow like was on a synthesizer, started playing along, but didn't have a monitor. Like yeah. there's no way you could hear that synthesizer uh, <laughs> in the room while like drums and stuff were happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but they ended up using it. And yeah. that's why you got that real weird little uh, like ramshackle kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Synthesizer solo. Yeah. Um, and this was initially called trumpet chorus. So that string part was originally uh, like a horn line. Uh, it was a very good decision for them to change that. I, I would love to hear it with horns just to hear it though. Yeah. Like yeah. I think this, I think the strings is probably, are probably better, but it would change the, the tenor of the song in a way that like wouldn't make it a better song, but would make it more interesting on this record. I think. Yeah. 
you know, it's already like a standout or more interesting in like this period of their career, I guess. Yes. You know, like it'd be a little bit less of like an REM ass REM song, I think. Yeah. It's a very good song. I, I, I love yeah. this a lot. Like I just, since we started the show, I've been listening to it kind of on repeat. It's really, yeah, it's very, very good. So we go from the high point of the album uh, to my personal low point. Um, Summer Turns to High is, uh, the word that I used in the note here is somnolent. <laughs> like, that does sound pretentious, but itchy and scratchy from a dramaturgical <laughs> diet. It's, it's so sleepy. Oh my God. Yeah. Like they're, 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 it is sleepwalking through this entire thing. And I know like that, that kind of was what they're going for. But again, intentional does not mean good. Yeah. I, I think the biggest problem, I think, I don't think this is a great song either. I think the biggest problem with it is that the, uh, and this is like doing the podcast is actually zeroing in on this because it's very similar to the chorus problem. Those other things is just the vocals are too lockstep with the instruments. <laughs> like it's literally, you know, Mercury is, and the instruments are doing the same thing. Mm hmm. Like everything is so like Stipe is afraid to leave the security of the beat. <laughs> yeah, there, there's, there's no uh, there's no compliment. There's no kind of like syncopation counter melody that's happening. Yeah, like yeah. compliment or kind of counter melody or anything like that. And like it, it's kind of at its worst here. Yeah, you know. Um, whereas I I do think it's a thing that kind of washes over the whole record. But this is only this. Yeah, you know, it's only that that element without anything else to really kind of elevate it. Yeah. Um, and that locked inness even goes to like when they do open up and bring in something that is not just this incredibly uh, kind of generous reverb over top of weird, summery, wavy mirage lines. You know, it is like this, this locked in arpeggiation. You know, dun 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 dun. Yeah, and just and just hitting you know hitting notes on those those first first little bits. Um, very slow, very slow, yeah. very slight. Kind of noteworthy with the like. Um, kind of impressive uh falsetto yeah you know it, in the chorus like this is a good way to deploy falsetto i think yeah yeah. um but it, uh, it's still not something i really like listening to that much yeah this is the perennial skipper for me and i'm sorry if i'm giving up the uh the the, the worst of our worst and first but uh, you're not i i'm gonna I, i'm gonna say something that's gonna i mean it's not gonna be contentious i, I was gonna say gonna make you mad but you're not gonna get mad because you're, you're grown up um <laughs> this is when i this is where i stop listening to the record oh yeah like pretty regularly i don't think the last three songs are very good oh um yeah not <laughs> not you know again like i don't want to want to fight about it or anything i, I gave, gave it my best shot, shot to get into them but i am so exhausted by this point yeah like uh, we're 45 uh, minutes in we are uh every song has three to four verses in at this point, like I am beaten down into nothing by yeah. the time summer turns to high comes around. <laughs> yeah, I can't blame you. I really can't blame you for uh, for having your goodwill sapped. I think that it's, each of these songs, like if you if you started listening, course in the ring, I think they have their uh, they have their charms to them. Mm -hmm. I, I I I like them better than you do. But like taken as a whole, like it's it's a long walk to get to again more B material. I, I've listened. I've listened to them a bunch, obviously, for preparation. And out of the three, I think the, my least favorite one is Beach Ball. Like, I think Chorus in the Ring and I'll Take the Rain have something to them. Like, for me, I like. I, I think I'll Take the Rain a little bit more. Uh -huh. Chorus in the Ring is okay. I think Beach Ball is pretty annoying. Like, I don't know. It feels a little stunty to me. But yeah. I mean, we we don't have to. I'm not saying this to summarily go through all three of them. We can no, still go no, no. It's it, it's it's kind of a quirk of our format because I put these notes in and I leave notes for myself to talk up things that I really enjoy. You get a sense of my my appraisal of these things before we get to them. So your opinion yes. is always a surprise for me, whereas mine is laid bare for you. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's very it's the inversion of when we do uh, extra sodes. Yes, where you've read the the comment or you've edited the the submissions, mm-hmm. and I so they're they're not a surprise for me, but not for you. Right. Um. But yeah, let's let's talk about them in, individually. Yes. Just uh, you know, I just wanted to say in the the experience of listening to the album, here is where I want to listen to something else very desperately. Yes, imitation of life is like that. That is that is a high watermark that it would be unrealistic to expect any of these songs to rise to, especially after it, it immediately like just the bottom gives out and takes us to summer turns to high. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, um, and, and did we mention there's a there's a demo of this uh, which has the the self aware name of thirty two chord song. <laughs> Um, which it reminds me of like the, was the demo for bandwagon, which was like called like fruity song or whatever. Like yeah. they know when they're using kind of wanky chords. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, they haven't used a lot of chords in a particular song. And I don't think that summer turns to high feels particularly complex. Like, no, I, I would need to go and look at a, go and look at a tab. It's like, if that's where you, if, if that's where you hit all of the chords, you hit them pretty well. What it is is there. Each chord could be just kind of simulated by, uh, it reminds me of like those, um, like how to play recorder. <laughs> things where you you learn how to play like yankee doodle or whatever and just imagine every note of yankee doodle replaced with a chord you know because that's what stipe is doing with his voice is just hitting one note on every chord yeah um yeah that's that's what it's like yeah but let's let's get into the chorus in the ring yes um i like the song an awful lot and most of my um affection for it comes from the lyrics uh, i think the production on this is actually kind of a mess Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but this is a song that sprung out of a jam and they decided to use their first take uh kind of all of these stumbles um included right they tried different ones and said hey this didn't capture it as well there are two yeah. problems uh that i that, that i have with this first off i thought that it might have just been like you know the cd capture that i did 10 years ago when i transferred this over to my ipod or whatever um but that distortion and the static that comes through to it and it's just like a straight up clipping i i thought that was an artifact no that's in every version of the song yeah it's it's a feature <laughs> yeah uh not crazy about that um the rhythm thing doesn't bother me as much cuz they you know they've done that before like fine Mm. Um, but yeah, this is a very kind of like straightforward, uh, kind of, you know, acoustic folk kind of song. And most of the, m- you know, most of the instrumentation, like the electric stuff is very subtle. Uh, Michael Stipe's poetry is out at the front of this. Um, and I think that there are just a lot of, um, good descriptions of a person that are present in this. Not that crazy about the, about the chorus of it. I wish it was more verse than anything, but like, you know, Hey there now, young holy, swing along, quote the scriptures, keep them guessing which pit you crawled from. Like that's really good. Mm. <laughs> you know. Um, talking about the, you know, the octopus that can crawl back to the sea. Like all of this feels incredibly evocative to me in a way that like you know speaks to things that I value a lot. Yeah. 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 I just I, I feel like there's not um this is an example of one of those things where I, I it doesn't it's an either or choice and I wish it wasn't. You know, like I, I wish that you could do this kind of evocative kind of poetry thing and put a more successful song around it. Yeah. Which like, I mean, you can, you know, like that, that's possible, I guess mm-hmm. is my point. Like, and it would just be easier to go down. Like I wouldn't have to enjoy this, like with a lyric sheet in front of me, you know, I could enjoy this while taking a shower or just walking down the street, you know, mm-hmm. if, if that were the case, like there, it needs a little, it needs a spoonful of sugar, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there are parts where it kind of like dips into that, like the beginning of the chorus part, which is not super strong, like hints at something like it's going to be, you know, it, it starts to like it wants to soar for a second and then stops. Well, yeah, it's it's entirely that uh, that keyboard or synth part. 
that uh yeah. that kind of mirrors the uh you know the, the the initial line you know that's when the insults start to saying like you know that like that is a very good thing, but it just doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't take go off. anywhere. Yeah, yeah. It, it it threatens to take off and doesn't take off. So it ends up being like very similar of that reveal thing of this being all build up. Mm-hmm. You know, which again is is good for a lyric. Like you know that that can be great for for a lyric perspective. Yeah. But I just I wish it was built into a song. Yeah. Um. Looking at the looking at the chords for this. Who boy, this is kind of grim. It's just the verses are just. <laughs> <laughs> I've never tried playing this. Um, oh wait, that, that that's a lifting. Fuck me. Sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. <laughs> it, yeah, the the one of those things. I don't know why people do that, but people tend to put whole albums in in chord files like that. Uh huh. I don't think it's actually that useful. Like, no. I'm sit down and play. You know, on Mac for people from back to front. Like, why why wouldn't I just? It's it's. I guess maybe it speaks of like an album mentality that yeah. is is less popular now, but. Oh, like you, it's it's just straight up A to D is the is, yeah. is the entire thing. Like the chorus goes from like an augmented D down to um, what appears to be another kind of D. Um, yeah, hmm. this, it's it's really flat. Yeah, and A, and A is very similar to it, yeah, yeah. They they they're, they're um, played differently. Like they're, they're not just like the straight up you know open chord kind of versions of them. But um, yeah, it it doesn't it doesn't move much. Let's say yeah. Yeah. So it ends, you know, it's, it's, there's things to like about it. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't move a whole lot. Um, slightly, slightly more successful for me is I'll take the rain. Yes. Um, this is the third single from the album. Yeah. Uh, here <laughs> with the most incongruous video I think they've ever done for the, the subject. The video matter. is very weird. Yeah. That's, that's like, it's a flash animation. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, Radiskull is going to come out and, and, and yell at, uh, yell at REM and explain to them. <laughs> Yeah, um, oh. it's about a dog that is exploring an island with a skateboard. Um, I I don't understand one bit. Uh, that doesn't pair well with a song that I think is fucking heartbreaking. Mm. Um, this is very good. I like this a lot. I think, uh, you know, again, <laughs> like this is an album of like weird contrast. I like the experiment on Saturn Return and I like both of the ballads. I think this is like this is Stipe and Top Forum for like belting it kind of performance. Yeah, I think this performance is very good. I the lyrics don't do it for me quite as much. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very direct in a way that, you know, I've been inconsistent as when I say whether that works for me or doesn't. Uh, it's whatever. Um, yeah, it doesn't, uh, you know, cons- inconsistency is not a crime. Yeah. Hypocrisy like, doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so this, this is one of those things where the directness of this doesn't make the lyrics impress me that much. I think the performance is pretty good. Yeah. Um, part of it is even when I push through it though, like that beat down element is colors it. You know, like I, I just uh, wish this had come up earlier in the sequence, maybe. Yeah. Like I wish this would, you know, swap this out with she wants to be or disappear. Yep. You know, put something like this uh, in that first part that's kind of saggy mm-hmm. and put some of that sag and this this lending thing and then cut off the end. Yeah. So like. And get rid of summer yeah. turns to high. Get rid of summer turns to high. Like I would, <laughs> you know, there's there's a couple of songs I would get rid of, but every song, you know, 20% of. Yeah. Definitely rid of, and that would just make things feel like it's a pacing thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I listened to this in isolation, like when I was watching the video before we recorded, I was like, "Oh, like I do actually like this song. It's very good." <laughs> um, you know, it's just in the context of the album, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Yep, I'm I'm fine with it. Like I, <laughs> maybe it's just because I have learned to skip over "Some Returns to High," and if I'm being honest, like skip over the last, let's say, four minutes of "Disappear." I'm not yeah. as beat down. Like my 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 health bar is higher than yours is by the time I get to this. That's that's probably true. 
Yeah. You know, whereas like my actual like in my day to day listening of a reveal or whatever, <laughs> like, I just listened to a couple. You know, yeah, it, it's just imitation of life. Yeah, it's an imitation of life. I actually like uh, Reno. I usually listen to that as well. Yeah. Um. You know, and then like now at the very least revisiting this is like I can add beat a drum to that. I think that's a good song. Yeah. Um. You know, but I, I don't listen to uh, to all of it, so it's it's I don't get fatigued. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but yeah, this is this is a good song. Um, kind of a weird choice for a single, I think. Yeah, um, uh, they, they, you know, they pretty much always do one of these like very overwrought ballads as their uh, as one of their singles, but always very late. Yeah, and and never very successfully. Right. Like they, I think that they think that like, oh, this is a very pretty love song, and that's what you know. That's the same thing as a pop song. Right. You know, but it, it's kind of different. So it's very hard for me to think this is this was going to perform like Gangbusters yeah. as a single. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, and then the album ends with with Beach Ball. Yes. Um Just which in is case very you much forgot, like, this is a song about summer. Yeah, this, this is a, this <laughs> an is album a, this about is summer. A, a summer album. Um the the beginning of this sounds so dorky to me. Like, <laughs> like it's not uh, I don't know what instrument it is. It's like a bass clarinet or something. Hmm. Uh it's it's like a bunch of instruments. Like it's a whole uh, it's it's a whole section. Yeah. Yeah. Doing the, this it, it sounds very dorky to me. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I hum like I'm surprised, but I, I don't, I, maybe I, yeah, this, this doesn't feel dorky to me or if it does feel dorky, that dorkiness is to its benefit. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is fine to me. It's not my favorite song on the album. Uh, I, I think that that interplay between the horns and then ultimately the strings come in and like the kind of barely chorus that it has, like the outro of you'll do fine work together very well mm-hmm. um the verses are fine but they're a little bit too staccato for me actually I, yeah. I i pretty much would prefer that they just kind of like luxuriate in the in the lush instrumentation that they've set up yeah you know? yeah it, it it um yeah that that's a weird conflict you know because that 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 kind of um that stiffness dun 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 yeah dun 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 Dun, dun, dun. like no like you, it's, set, it's you weird... set up everything to like really really flow i don't know yeah to be kind of kind of a soft thing it ends up kind of sounding like um a genre exercise to me hmm. you know a little bit like let's make some kind of lounge music yeah you know um and and there's an intention like it doesn't uh like it's a it's like a theme first song like it it, it was like let's make something that sounds like summer not yeah. like let's make a bunch of songs we want to make and then realize that through the miracle of providence there was this guiding principle and this is how they're actually united. Yeah, yeah. You know, it it there's an intentionality to this that makes it read a little artificial to me. Yeah, yeah. I was, was going to throw in artificiality as a as as a marker for this. And then and then kind of like a shallowness to the lyrics which are very simple like mm-hmm. you know just about like having having fun on the streets. Yeah. Having you know and, and like that's I don't is this it's not that like Every song has to be strum and drang, but is this worth writing a song about? Like, have you come up with an interesting angle to approach this from? I like this as a mirror or repetition or echo of beat a drum, where that is a person who is very self-possessed and deciding like, hey, this thing that is nice is fine for me. And this is, you know, this is what I am Um, compared to this other thing, which is assuring somebody else that like it is okay to live in this moment. Like they Hmm. exist well as a pair, but they cover very similar ground. So that's a conflict for me, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I wasn't thinking of it in terms of, you know, 
with that other that other song really so i can yeah. see that pairing yeah. you know on its own it ends up feeling a little too slight for me yeah um as a, as a thing to, to write a song about but i can i see your point there there's some real yeah. groaners in this as well like the the lapses into the foreign language rua, rua, rua rumba. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's the rumba yeah like that, yeah. Like, that that's the way that goes but like atessa hey atessa more shari like yeah no, no i don't i don't really like dipping into a different language or also uh those che guevara winks yeah that doesn't i don't think that's a thing no you know i don't think like it doesn't you know that's not a, a simile or metaphor that describes how somebody winks to me no no you know I, and I'm, that, fi- I'm fine with him like just like listing you know l- listing alcohols as part of that like you know blending the language with all that stuff and just like oh this sounds like that thing before um but no the che guevara wink that's nothing it's yeah it's it's, it's pretty rough and this this ends up being um, with that, like with just the kind of like everything, you know, feel, it's like when when you, you discover Homer's typewriter and he's just saying feeling fine, <laughs> you know, like this is it's just like this is like an everything's all right thing. And th- this yeah. is a real good expression of that kind of lack of conflict that like kind of hurts this album to me. Yeah, yeah, I can you see know, that. I'm... Like you maybe you write a song about a street party because you have nothing else. You have no other bigger problems. Yeah. You know, like there's nothing else you want to say. So it's like, why not just describe a party? You know, yeah, taken in a vacuum, I'm fine with this, but as part of a broader whole. And, you know, if you're looking at this as a symptom of like something that does make this album lie kind of flat, I can totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it ends up being a weird, weird closer to me because it's it's not as like I was expecting something more dramatic. Yeah. You know, like something like I have to take the rain, like would make more sense as a closure closer to me. For sure. Yeah. You know. Or just uh, feel like a direct pairing between this. Like if you have to keep summer turns to high, like this would be a better expression of that side of summer if they were trying yeah. to explore every single angle of it you know yeah you know and like i'll take the rain like seeds into fall like that there is a there there is a passing yeah. of the season that happens in that like yeah end with it like don't let this end with complacency like there can be heartbreak on top of this you know like my story of you know getting this like it's that summer between seventh and eighth grade and i'm like listening to this on my cd player my walkman you know like all like all the way to myrtle beach um Mm -hmm. you know on a vacation and stuff and like you know that just it it does like that that summeriness resonates to me we're recording this in the very height of july you know Mm -hmm. as we're doing this like all of that speaks very well but there can be less complacency that is brought to that same subject matter that brings that more dimension to this i guess i guess that uh yeah i i agree with that like there's there's definitely like would have been a way that could have brought that additional complexity it's also like if i'm being 100 percent honest with myself like the idea of something like a like a season you know uh tends not to be how i latch on to work or onto art or narratives or anything like that. Yeah. You know, like it's more about kind of what things are possible to happen during that season. Yeah. You know, so like there are things I associate with summer, like TV shows that feel kind of summery, you know, uh, to me, um, or feel like a season. We we have a show whose temple is summer JRPGs, you know, because of the way those fit into our lives. Because, you know, how those fit. Yeah. But that's just, it's like, it just, it almost feels like too slight of a thing for an album. Yeah. You know, like this isn't just it's 12 things about it. Yeah. You know, it's not just one. It's one of those things that outside of this, I am very much I very much ascribe like, hey, this album feels like it feels like fall to me to flash back an episode like Wilco's Yankee Hotel Foxtrot is like the autumn album for me, Mm -hmm. you know, like the like the but that is something that happens 
afterwards. It is not constructed as a concept. Yes. You know? Yeah. And that's part of what I think I'm picking up on. You know, it's not, most albums do have that kind of unifying theme, but it just kind of achieves or is achieved organically through where people are at in their lives and what their individual influences are at the moment. It's not like a cart before the horse. Like the pounce pony has been put before (laughs) the phony Maroney in this case. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you got me. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It it kind of feels like that. And I'm not like trying to, you know, super slam on it up until that point where I check out. I do have a reasonably good time listening to this album. <laughs> yeah. Like, it is like, like, at least you can acknowledge that there are things to like after you check oh, out. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Like there's, there's interesting things. It's just, it is a, a, a real good example of where I think uh, it's, it goes back to the discussion we had at the beginning of this, where I think the things that are kind of weaker structurally are actually interfering with me having that kind of like right. reflection that just skims the best stuff to the top. Yeah. You know, because it's, the for even the first time I get to some of that best stuff, I've still experienced the other stuff. So I'm a different, you know, I'm different. Yeah. You know, by the time we get to those last three songs, like I'm, you know, I don't have that goodwill, mm-hmm. you know? So like I'm, I'm coming to them differently and it's harder for them to stand as a vacuum because of the, the structural weaknesses in, and it ends up becoming another thing too, where I feel like the way that you would fix this is so obvious that it kind of drives me nuts. Yeah. That, 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 like, that is a real problem. Like it would just, it would be, it's hard for me to imagine the person who loves this album who is just like, yes, like I want 12, five minute, I want an hour long album with 12 songs, all roughly about the same thing, uh-huh. uh, you know, with fairly similar production throughout, <laughs> you know, that's great. And like, keep them, keep it coming. Like yeah, you, you, you can pick two of those. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, um, like if, if you introduced a little bit of economy to this, it actually would open up. It would, it yeah. would be, I think a more enduring work than it is. And, you know, like something that's been hanging over this, you know, I've talked about, I talk about this in nostalgic terms and we talk about kind of coming to this for the show. This doesn't feel essential. This doesn't feel like something that like, you know, will stand up to the best of the, of the rest of the album, you know, the, the, the rest of like REM's work, the canon. you know, if <laughs> like, I was trying to get someone into REM and they said, Oh, which album should I pick? Should I pick reveal? Um, I would like leap across, you know, the room to <laughs> no. knock it out of their hands. Yeah. You know, like, and that, that goes again, like it goes for up to you. Yeah. I understand. Like you don't have to do that for my sake. You know, like, yeah, I, I think just, we, I, we have, we have both picked a, we both picked a, like a, a combatant in this fight, but I don't think either of us would stick through to the end. Like I, you know, like, I, I wouldn't it's us battling our sick Pokemon like <laughs> yeah. in private where nobody else could have like, no, no, you shouldn't start with up. No, you shouldn't start with reveal, but we're going to like bang those two Bakugan together. One's got a broken leg and the other one's got you no. know, missing an eye. And like, I mean, I, I think that there, there, there is a little bit about this that says, like our, our preference for one or the other actually says a little bit about us either when we came up, when we got into REM, like where this kind of fit, you know, like just those autobiographical details and also kind of aesthetic preferences that we have both kind of hammered over and over again, not just on this show, but just in other stuff in general. Right. Yeah. You know, like there are just there are just differences, but I don't think either of us will choose this particular hill to die, die on. on. Yeah. Yeah. This, 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 choose this hill to die on or would make this the REM ambassador to the world. No, no. You know, it's just, uh, yeah. So inessential is a good way to put it, but it, you do get some stuff from, from listening yeah, to it. Like yeah. it's not a waste of your time. Yeah. I, it's just once you've gotten through everything, you know, like you wouldn't listen to this before you listen to. Yeah. 
you know, most of the records that came before. If I had to accept this album as it is in order to get imitation of life as it is, that is worthwhile. Yeah. You know, (laughs) like I wouldn't throw everything else out uh, in order to, you know, get something better than that. Right. No, I, I wouldn't either. Even though like imitation of life sounds like it would be like a real banger, like on, on a time. Yeah. You know, it'd be different production, but like, that's a song they could have written then. Yeah. You know, so it ends up being, uh, not of it, even though it is justifies it. Right. Um, so, so your worst is definitely some returns to high. What is your, what is your favorite song on this album? Um, favorite song. So are we jettisoning, jettisoning imitation of life? Yeah. 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 Um, I'll do uh beat a drum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Beat a drum is definitely my favorite as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's hard for me to think of worse because it's like, you know, I, I get most annoyed by Beach Ball, but it's not objective. It's because I'm sick of the album by then. <laughs> so right. I, I probably would agree with you and say Summer Turns to High. Yeah. I don't like that lockstep, like sing one note on every note of the instrument. No, no. Thing. Like that's I think that's uh, again, it's Yankee Doodle. Yeah. Like it's like I'm playing I'm learning how to play a song on, on a recorder is what it yeah. feels like. Yep. Um, I don't care if it's intentional. What you were trying to do was not worth doing. I think so. Yeah. Um, speaking of what you're trying to do is not worth doing. <laughs> the, the fan club. So we have two years of live stuff on 20, 2001, 2003. <laughs> 2002 is a video disc of Michael Stipe reading MLK speeches. <laughs> um, so I didn't find this because the reason why I couldn't find it is because on YouTube, there's another video of him reading MLK speeches just for sport. Oh, boy. That was not part of the fan club. Um, oh, man. I can. It's it's one of those things. I can agree with every reason you would do a thing, but still stop you from doing the thing. It, it, me not liking that does not mean that I don't like Martin Luther King. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I think Martin Luther King is very great. <laughs> I like um, only literal monsters would disagree with that sentiment. Um Yeah it's uh it's it's it, but it, it kind of the fan club is going to come back with songs yeah uh, in the next episode i think and the, you know wish on a monkey spot they're around the sun style songs so they're not great but at least it's more interesting than just the nothing yeah we've been going through yeah so. um there's some b-sides for this uh millsy comes back for a cover oh, yeah. of a song from christy uh this is yellow river uh you know oh, again yeah. this is the 1970s pop surf fascination that mike mills has it's fine um, I wish that he would put himself to better stuff. I just liked hearing him. He's almost uniformly absent in terms of vocals on this whole record. It's very upsetting. Same with Up, actually. Yeah, same with Up. Yeah, like he, like, got, like he comes in in like the Beach Boys wash of of At My Most Beautiful, but yeah. there's not that uh, lyric counter lyric thing that is one of the best things about REM that they decided yeah. to ditch for no reason. Yeah, it's a it's it's a bit of a bummer. So I am happy that he appears. Like I. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's so weird because in um, Around the Sun, like at least on Leaving New York, which is the only song from Around the Sun I've listened to more than twice, um, <laughs> Michael Stipe does it to himself. Like they don't, they could have had Michael or Mike Mills come in with the thing, but Michael Stipe does like kind of a round on his own. Yeah, that's uh, uh, incomprehensible. It's misguided. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a good song, but it's a weird, weird thing to do. Yeah. Um, and then there's, you know, a bunch of live shit and then another surf instrumental because like fucking REM is out of ideas. <laughs> 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 you oh, gosh, guys yeah. used to be so rich. Well, uh, they, they've uh, been doing shitty sir stuff since the beginning, though. So, like, uh, since the very beginning, since uh, since White Tornado. Uh, but yeah, like we're talking about one six five Hillcrest. Yeah, yeah somebody's addressing college. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they decided to make a name. Um. They're actually outtakes again. Yeah. Which like because they released a version of like this like a pre-release promotional version that had a slightly different track list with a couple different versions. 
of songs and then also these two extra songs. Yes. Um, so Freeform Jazz Jam is not really worth talking about. It's mm. like a 30 second, you know, 45 second nugget. Yeah, it's what it says on the tin. Yeah, that's yeah. synthesizer stuff. Um, and then there's a song called Fascinating, which is a little bit more interesting. A little uh, bit. Um, yeah. I don't care. Great. I don't care for this a lot. Like it's very in the it, it feels like it uh, assembles itself as a Frankenstein's monster from a bunch of different parts of songs on mm. R.E.M. Uh, with Summer Turns to High as the uh, as the primary um, kind of contributor. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, not particularly good. Um, what's more interesting, though, is after this uh, came out, they released another best of. Yes. Uh, they've done eponymous and it's like, well, it's about time you know, to do another best of. Uh, they put together a CD and a video compilation of all their DVDs, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. Yep. Uh, in, in time and in view were the name of those I had in view. Um, it was a mm-hmm. frequent watch in college. I think much to uh, Ben Merkel's chagrin. Oh, poor Merkel. <laughs> he, just, um, he, he, he didn't care for R.E.M. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, that would do it. Yeah. Um, and then, kind of weirdly, they brought back a couple of old songs to re-record. Yeah. Um, the most notable one is Bad Day, which used to be a song called Public Service Announcement. Mm-hmm. That was an outtake from fucking uh, Life Search Pageant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they re-recorded it, and it's, I think it's really good. Oh, it's so good. This like, is a great song. It, I mean, it descends into just like, hey, let's repeat the, let's repeat the chorus forever. Um, yeah, yeah. Kind, kind of in the same way that, you know, even uh, what End of the World does. Um, but yeah, like even this version of it is 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 very well done because I think they went into the studio again with their with their backing band that are fans saying let's record one like the old times. Yeah, yeah. Um, it starts off with that weird little keyboard like electronic flourishes, mm-hmm. and then immediately ditches it. It's like yep. a statement of you know we're back, baby. <laughs> um, I think the song is really good and catchy. Yeah, shit's um, so thick you can stir with a stick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like um, it's weird that it was politically applicable when it was first written, and then they put it out like at the height of just like oh the Bush administration is shitty, so all of this yeah. is like everything old is new again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And the, the video is they're on a real run because this video is charming as fuck. It is. It's them as a morning news crew. Yeah, the morning team, and <laughs> and dealing with uh, reporting on people who are having in the corner it says like small weather. <laughs> And it's people having localized weather events in, like, their living room or their work. Yeah, so they're like, my office is flooding. Yeah, it's really good. Like, there's a tor- there's a singular tornado in my living room, you know? <laughs> um, it's really cute and cool. And, like, they all lip sync. Uh-huh. So they do the, like, the news team, like, pass it off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, so, like, pressing into their ear, like, waiting for this. And then they point, and then it goes over to the other, to their person delivering the line. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I love it. Yeah. Um, and there's a it came out as a single and there's a B side for it, um, uh-huh. which is a cover of this is a, a indie band from the nineties, um, who did this song. Oh geez, I didn't realize that. It's this is a very good song. It's um, super good. I was yeah. like, man, I gotta listen to that. Uh I gotta find that band. It's like yeah. Magna Magna Pop, I think is oh, the name Magna of the Pop, band. Magna Pop is great. Um yeah, the Eels did covers of them. Song. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You know, they're they're uh, they're them? like in nineties. Uh the the Eels did. Uh they did oh. a they did a cover of Open the Door. Um, mm. which is another Magna Pop song. Yeah, Magna, Magna Pop is like the 90s. Yeah. 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 Um, Lin- Linda Hopper was the, the main lady in that who was uh, Athens. Yeah. Uh, another, this, like, you know, they were, she was in the Athens music scene and then they came back as an indie band. Nice. Um, yeah, so this is this is great though. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to listen to some Magna Pop, man. Yeah, no, uh, go for it. It's, uh, it, it is um, very 90s in that kind of like Poe, I'm a very serious woman singing about serious stuff kind of way. Mm. Um, but like, this is a good, I've never heard the original song, but this is a good treatment of that. 
Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, I, I it was a last minute edition. I forgot that it was there because yeah. uh, it didn't occur to me that they would release a single from the greatest hit. So right, right. Um, almost missed it. And then the other new song from that is a song called Animal. Um, uh, which it's fine. <laughs> yeah, Animal's fine. There's a video for this too. This was also a single, but it's not uh not nearly as fun and good as Bad Day. I think. No, no. I think that um the. Okay, I don't know if this is going to be controversial. The ratio of Stipe to other members of the band, I think, uh, directly correlates to how good the video is going to be. Mm. Because this this video is all Stipe all the time. It's him in yeah. a dystopia where all energy is light. <laughs> That's definitely what happens. It looks like a Moby video to me. Yeah. Um, like, this could have happened to Moby. <laughs> and as damning as that is, is how I intend it. Like... Um, it's also, I guess I had read that this was another old song they dusted off, but yeah. now I'm not seeing reference to that. So this could not be, right. you know, a Bad Day era song, because I feel like we would have run into it on our way here. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know exactly what the origins of this are. I, it's I, weird if this was just a brand new song, though, because right after this is Around the Sun. Right, right. Or if this was a cast off from, from Reveal, like there is nothing with with this much tooth, you know, on, on Reveal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's okay. You know, so but the 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 best of which I bought on its own just to get these two new songs, like oh, yeah. at the time, it, like justifies itself with Bad Day, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a great greatest hits. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a solid compilation for sure. Yeah, and they worked on it. Like there were uh, like liner notes and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. to, to to all that, like they they dedicated time out out of their schedule, which is a a weird thing to say about a work, especially a greatest hits. But like they they made it worth you know, worth a purist going in and saying like, yes, um, there was care put into this product. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that's about it for reveal. Um, it's always, uh, lightest before the dark. It's always dawnest before the dark <laughs> as we'll see you in two weeks to talk about around the sun. Whew. Um, man, oh, don't man. talk to me or my around the sun ever again. I, I think that um, I, what was it? I said, I'm going to have to lash myself to the bow and yeah. we're not turning back, baby. Yep, I'm gonna like lay in the dark and like I'm gonna take a bunch of caffeine pills, close my eyes in the dark, and and listen to it. Yeah, so no sleeping, but no other. Like if I'm on my computer, I will immediately forget all these songs. Oh yeah, but you know I'm, I'm I listen to it again. It was bad, but maybe the fact that I'm so built up for it, maybe uh, there'll be something worthwhile. There, there are going to be moments. There are going to be moments where it's like, yeah. oh, there, there is the hint of a good idea or a good decision that could have been the kernel of a better song than they decided to write. Yeah, that is my that like that that, that is uh, my first stance. The safe prediction, and also like I like the single. I like leaving New York. Yeah. Um, talk the, to uh, uh, talk, talk to Brayton and see if he wants to get on the Q-tip song. Get just just the Brayton guest spot on just dumb <laughs> Q-tip song. The um, I also am looking forward to reading the book part of it because it's like, <laughs> what were you thinking? Well, and like, did they, what do they think? Did they? Oh, no, are they, they like they think it's a nightmare. Like they, okay. they, they, they decided like if you know, we would rather break up than make another album like this, like why they decided to even release it. If they felt that way is kind of a mystery. I want to find out, but no, like they, they, they specifically, they're yeah, they're not, they don't stand behind it. Good. Yeah. That's my boys. It's, I cannot imagine a universe in which Mike Mills goes to bat for, for around the sun. No, no. In fact, there's like, too much integrity in that man. Yeah, after, 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 like after they started developing songs for Up, like any song off of Around the Sun, even you know, even leaving, leaving New York, fell off of their live sets. They just yeah. pretended it didn't exist in a much harder and more insistent way than like even ignoring shiny happy people. Yeah, yep, yep. Anywho, um, look forward to that. Yes.
Um, if you like this show, the best thing you can do is support us by going to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Mm-hmm. Check out our rewards. Check out our uh, goals. Um, and uh, just kind of check out, you know, get episodes a week early. A lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Um, we'd love to have you there um, if you're able to. Uh, yeah. It makes a big difference, even a little bit of money. So, you know, the price of one REM album per year <laughs> uh, will make a huge difference to us. Very much so. Um, if you like this show and you want to share it with some friends, even though we're going to end after what looks like episode 20, I think, uh, mm-hmm. it's going to stay up and available. So, you know, we, we intend for this to stick around as a, you know, kind of consistent, consistently available work. Um, so it is not too late, uh, to go and tell people about these two guys who talked about all of the REM there was. Yes. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll stick around like bonfire. It is the bonfire side chat of REMs. <laughs> um, you can also rate and review, tell your friends, things like that. Yeah. All super useful. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I can't think of anything else. So until, uh, until next time, it is the end of the podcast as we know it. And we feel fine. Somebody stop right. us. Stop us from doing yes. around the sun. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, <laughs> None yeah. of us want that. Yeah. Assassinate our computers. <laughs>